You don't think you can't. See, that's why you don't do anything. It's about positive thinking. <laughs> so the uh, in in chat, uh, we've had two bots that sneak in, and I'm not really sure what the purpose is. It's possibly a chat logger, possibly an audio logger. I'm not sure, but um, we had another guy before Commander Root that I researched. And right now we've got another TTV viewer. And I send you a link that shows uh, suspected bots, I suppose. Um, and it just seems rather interesting. I'm not sure what the point is of them. Uh, some people are saying that these bots are to help give views for smaller channels. But they don't do I that. Mean, I don't I don't understand where we even get the watching now from. I mean, am I counted? Presumably. Are you counted? If that's true, then we've got that's the two people in there, which seems very strange. Because technically speaking, it should be I mean it should just be me, theoretically. Um it, it can't know that I'm a participant, for example. Okay, so that was a weird thing to, to play with. I have actually nothing to talk about. I went and I looked through, like, writing prompts and through some of my other stuff. Like, I've got ideas for my own videos that I had taken notes on. And it's not like... There's some stuff, but it's not exactly... I mean, it's kind of rambly, thought experimenty stuff. But not everything is particularly appropriate for some random video without like a live chat without actually going through and like researching or thinking more deeply on stuff so okay so yeah um blah i mean i suppose we can talk about the things that we've been working on most recently like for some reason, onions take a huge amount of water. Um, you're, you're attempting that again? What? Attempting onions? My onions haven't died yet. So <laughs> I'm still keeping them alive-ish. I need to replant them. Um, and I, I have some that are just soaking in a cup of water, but I put it outside. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I need to bury. That I need to, like, pot. And... Um, I want to have like a little line of onions and actually properly take care of them because it, it's actually quite tasty. So, I mean, I don't really, you mean the green I onions, can't have, or... yeah, the people, sometimes people call them scallions for some reason, but yeah, the green onions, uh, they, they grow incredibly fast. Uh, and I think I want to take it a little more serious, like, like buy a lot like a lot a lot and just have a row on my balcony and just have it just constantly there because um i wasn't sure about pasta i i know that i can't have a very heavy pasta meal um so i started frying bacon and then when the bacon and then setting it aside right and while so while the bacon is frying i'll have a the pot of water heating up Cook the noodles, drain the noodles, put the noodles in the in the pan of of bacon, and just soak up. Well, 
noodles don't really soak up much of anything, but uh, get get all the bacon grease and stuff on them. And so far, that seems to counteract the the problems of a heavy carb thing. And I bring that up because the green onions are spectacular for adding some texture to and taste to like pasta to just random pasta. And the next trick would be just finding decent pasta sauce. Like there's this, like they come in Mason jars and, uh, I, I guess that justifies the additional expense and I, I, I want the Mason jars. So I have, I think like, Oh, can I use one or two of them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want them permanently or what? Uh, thinking of filling them with gator, the Gatorade, one or two Gatorade. I took the old, I took a sauce bottle that I left sitting there. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to do. I mean, that's, I mean, there's this, it was an actual thing. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of what, he was one of the richest men alive. And uh, he was, they used the term, see, when you're rich enough, they just call you eccentric. <laughs> But he was he was crazy uh, because he used to he used to collect he used to just like stay home and then stay in his room and just like fill mason jars. Yeah, I as much. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean it's really weird. So I mean we could find a better container for you for your uh, for no, your. I'm just juice. worried about it having. Actually, no, I know it doesn't have urine, but cheese. So, um, for example, the bottles that I used that used to have uh, kefir, so this is a Russian drinkable yogurt. It's not authentic because it doesn't have alcohol because it's normally fermented. But I used those bottles for previously for Soylent and then for Whole Food. And so I still have those. Um, I have spares. Um, but I also have one of the, well, technically two, but one of the you know, like the Lipton's iced tea kind of brown bottles, plastic bottles. I still have one of those. And that's like a liter and a half or something. So that's doable. And maybe that's more appropriate than a mason jar. Oh, those those ones I was drinking iced tea out of before they sold up, before they stopped selling those. Yeah, they stopped selling. I'm glad I kept a couple of bottles. Because those, those bottles are the exact kind that I want for mixing Soylent. So maybe I shouldn't give that one to you because they can't no. get a spare. Um, but I do have, sorry. No, they stopped selling them for some reason. Because they were too awesome. I mean, that's the general rule, isn't it? Mm. Everything <laughs> nice that we go for, I go for, just ends up getting used by somebody else or just gets discontinued. Yeah, basically. And I've seen that. I've lived long enough to see that happen again and again. It's this is why you always buy a spare. I always buy a spare or a lifetime supply or get a buy it for life and make sure it lasts and uh, do that for all things whenever possible. And if you know up front that the thing that a particular thing you can't get spares or it won't last, just try to not get it. Definitely don't rely on it. It's the same reasoning as when I was talking about last show, the, the attachment that businesses have on their supply lines, for example, um, is if you have components for widgets and the widgets, the components are made by some other company, 
that's being shackled to the fate of some other thing over there that you don't control is the same thing in your everyday life. If you've got stuff that you, stuff owns you, so you have stuff that you choose to require. And if you, you start making choices and those things are transitory, they're temporary in some sense. If you get something that is low enough quality that it expires early, if uh, if it's hard to replace or if it's particularly expensive or whatever the heck and you end up loving it and it it breaks or it's gone or whatever then your your absence of something in life that you really valued so often what needs to happen is so for example i got some socks i bought some socks the other month and I've been experimenting with socks because, I mean, we, everything that you use a lot of or use every day or whatever, you should explore getting a, the better version of it. So this is this is what prompted uh, mattresses and stuff like that. This is, I still maintain everybody should have really good good quality sheets on their beds. Anyhow, so I've got these socks and I've been exploring all kinds of socks with some some kind of disastrous results and i'm sitting here i'm like okay well i like these socks well enough maybe i should just buy a whole lot of them and i've I've had poor results doing that in the past um but uh it's if you end up liking a particular thing and you had an opportunity to get more of it and you didn't because you were off distracted by other things you're really missing out it'll hammer you several times so the iced tea is kind of i mean you you bought like a case it was hard to carry those things were heavy yeah so that's a that's a fine example of you know you would you didn't know that it was and i essentially gave the cashier a workout (laughs) yeah nice that's why you're supposed to leave stuff in your cart um, no, like they so, couldn't do like a mass qu- uh, quantity for some reason, which I found that. Oh, really I had strange. to like scan the box they were in. Yep. No, like they yeah, took that... one out and just went up, down. It's like um, oh, it's like having that. To... Yes. Yeah, so they, they can't just... scan it once and go times twelve. No, they can't do qu- quantity items for whatever reason. So it's just so they just went one, two, three, and however many times. <laughs> the Sad. most I went was like. 24 at one at once hi emlyn 24 at once that's you just have to like wobble it back and forth like you're playing a wrestling game on an an original nes controller there's a trick to that um so i mean that's a perfect example of you didn't know up front that they weren't going to be making that particular drink anymore if you knew you would have bought everything in that place you just would have bought them all i would have gone hard yeah i just decide. Well, I'm going to be poor for a little while. I'm gonna, I'm just going to buy it all, and I'll, I'll find, I'll put it in my garage. And but you didn't know, but yet you did the second best thing. It was a habit for you to go looking. Like, okay, well, I've got the opportunity. I like this. I'll, I'll buy in bulk. And buying is buying in bulk is a perfect example of, of knowing something that you that you knowing when you like something admitting that you like something knowing that you're going to be using it long term buying it or whatever eating it and getting enough of it that it's going to last so that if it runs out 
it, you you still have enough because you bought in bulk. It's the same with all kinds of stuff. It's not realistic for something like a car, and that's why you have insurance and stuff like that, so you can replace it fairly not terribly hard. Um, but for uh, non-perishables, definitely. Like, um, I'm still I'm still not convinced that I can get decent shoes, for example. But if I do get decent shoes, I'll buy spares. Um, I've got, you know, you buy something at Walmart, you know it's going to fall apart in no time flat. And I keep convincing myself that maybe, hey, this is really comfortable. It seems to be good. And, you know, buy a pair of shoes and six months later, it's like cracked across the bridge of the foot, like across the toes. Like, how does that even a thing? It's so badly made. But it was so comfortable for a while. But I have a nice other pair of shoes. They're they're like modeled like they're running shoes, but they're not really flexible like running shoes. So they're kind of like walking shoes. And but they're made of leather, and which is a really strange material. But they look they look amazing, actually. I'm 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 quite happy. Except they went back to look to see if I can buy another pair. Nope, I waited too long. They're gone. <laughs> Shoes are an example of like, I, I know that, uh, you know, I don't think guys actually care if everybody's wearing the same kind of shoe. It's like maybe high school students care, um, but certainly adults be like, I mean, we we wear suits. We, we all look the same anyway. So like having the same, having that kind of shoe be really awesome and not constantly cycling through three different styles every year, obsoleting old stuff that, that I happen to like. And it's not like I can go and get a slightly different design. It's they don't have anything even close anymore. I'm just, I am, I'm practically barefoot if, if I'm picky. Right. Thankfully, I'm not too picky. Um, but the uh, buying in bulk. So buying in bulk is one way to have a bulwark against things just kind of vanishing from from the world. So this is part of the archivist perspective of the permanence of stuff. You know, relying on things is if you've got. If you've got stuff that you can buy in bulk, that's a great start. If it's a non-perishable good and you and you can buy it for life, so you can buy something that'll last for 50 years, if it costs twice as much, I've said this before, if it costs twice as much, um, but it lasts twice as long, that's worth it because you don't have to go out and buy another one because the one you're going to have, unless it unless it breaks down over that period of time, like it looks terrible after a while, but if it looks good right up until it tears at the end or whatever the heck, or if you can get more than more than double the amount of use out of it, like three times, four times, and it costs twice as much, it's worth it to save up for that rather than having to buy two or three of whatever, like getting a, a, a classic leather bomber jacket as opposed to some cloth one. It'll cost you three times, four times more, but you're good for life. That's it. You can probably give it to your kids. And, and as long as it's kept well enough, like, I don't know if you've got a oil, a leather jacket or what, but it's, 
that's an example of a non-perishable that you can pay way more for potentially and just have it for forever just don't lose it another of the upsides is when you do that kind of thing you look like you spent the money which is a side effect that is very positive for a lot of people like if i put you in a in like a a ten thousand dollar suit and it's it's that it costs that much because it's really good quality and it'll last uh, you don't just get the benefit of having an article of clothing that's going to last a long time so it's an efficient use of money you get one that looks like it cost a lot of money because it did so it's a it's the genuine brand and but for perishable goods things are a little weird so it's Everything's got a best before date, which is not necessarily a bad after date. And so you can, you might be tempted to buy, to go to the, like the, the, the some sort of, um, what, what, like some sort of bulk food place or other, and just get pallets of something that you really like, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, eat it or wants to eat it every day so then you're faced with well you've got x amount and then you have to look at the expiry on all the items and if you do that too much with too many things you're gonna balance all the expiries of all these different foods all and then it's the i mean tech it it's i hate saying this because it's such a first world thing to say but it's just food I mean, if it goes bad, you can throw it out and get more. God, that's an awful thing to think. But if you bought in bulk, you technically save the money. So technically, you're not losing a whole lot of money by doing that. But it's a bad, it's bad planning. And it's wasteful, which defeats the purpose. It's bad planning to have like some of your food going bad half the time. But with perishables, that's bad enough. That stuff is bad enough. But what's really bad is having to keep track of all that nonsense um, because it, you might buy more and then you have to like rotate your stock and stuff so that you're like it's like you ha- when you have enough food in bulk your home turns into a kind of grocery store with stock that you have to rotate <laughs> with shelves that have to be organized you have to deal with the space and all this kind of stuff um, so it's it might be an interesting hobby for some people uh, so I wouldn't recommend trying to buy lots of spares of random perishables. I would stick to um, bulk food that doesn't go bad right away. Like if it's a part of your regular diet, you go for the staples. You might go for rice or pasta. Um, if you're like me or if you're if you have special needs for for some reason or other, um, you should have a powdered food like a a not necessarily the powdered protein that that bodybuilders use, although you can have some of that on the side. Um, but it could just be the the meal replacement shakes and stuff like that, and just have that on the side. And that stuff lasts for three months, um, maybe more, maybe six. And um, that's always nice to have, so that you can choose to not go grocery shopping if there's a covid spike in your neighborhood and you just want to stay home you know stay home for an extra week or whatever the heck while things settle down um we live in that world now 
So, but for, for clothes, that's the perfect example of getting the highest, highest of quality. Did I tell you about the socks that I bought that the buy for life socks kind of, um, not that I recall there. I'm trying to think of the brand. There's a couple of brands. Um, but the socks that I bought were, uh, $20 a sock. Oh, I slightly recall this. <laughs> yeah, and they were they're uh they're they're not like walking socks, they're not like summer socks or dress socks. They're boot socks or winter socks or and they're they've got variety and all this kind of stuff. And but they are like merino wool kind of thing. And that their particular weave and their source or whatever the heck is pretty it's pretty rugged as it is but they also back it with a lifetime replacement which i don't consider that buy it for life even though a lot of people say but at the very least they're very long wearing and people are talking about them being comfortable and all that um, they happen to be too tight on my feet so i ended up returning them and i might buy one size up but i mean maybe um, one of the nuisances I have, well, I'll talk about my nuisance later, but the, the idea that you can insure your stuff or you can get like a replacement or something is there's still an annoyance there and there's a time lag. So even if I wore a hole in a pair of socks and I could get a replacement for free, free might not mean free because I might have to pay shipping, but uh, which was kind of a, an annoyance just to send these back. Uh, it's the time to do that kind of stuff, right? So there for certain little conveniences um, might be worth it to be a little wasteful to save on effort or, or other things elsewhere. Like you save on gas money by buying a product that lasts longer. Um, and, but if you can save money and, take the money you save and buy like twice as much of the less um the lower lifespan stuff then you can save gas money on that or you don't have to take two trips as opposed to taking one trip and then taking another trip to do a return for a replacement or something weird but while it's in my head um the like I'm poking around Amazon for a lot of my purchases these days, which I shouldn't do because Amazon is not a great company ethically. And I'm, so I was shopping around for socks and none of the socks have the proper angles. It's like trying to buy a computer mouse. You just, you don't get proper pictures. One of the nuisances I had with socks is I don't want to have an advertisement for the product that I already own on my socks. So if I'm walking around, I don't want to see a, a name when I look down at my feet. And it's just, it bothers me to have, like, I don't understand why I can, I can understand like a little label on the inside of the cuff of the thing. I, that's important actually, in case you totally forget. And a year later, you're like, Hey, I like these socks. So I have a hole in it. I want to buy a new one or whatever then you can be reminded of what the thing is. And 
that's important, but just having a gigantic, having it, somebody spent extra money to put the stitching in to, to put the name of the damn company that made a pair of socks of all things. It's not like I'm showing off. It's not, I'm not, I'm not casually pulling my foot out of my shoe and showing off my sock. It's like, like just no, you know, it might be one thing to have a brand on a hat, which I, I wouldn't do, or maybe even on a shirt, which I wouldn't do. Uh, because it's not like those are premium articles of clothing that you well, look at me. I'm wearing Nike. Aren't I special? Yeah. Um, but so shopping around for socks is actually kind of challenging. <laughs> Sounds dumb. Can't um, you just get bulk socks? Yeah, well, yeah, because they're often like athletic tube socks, right? And mm-hmm. they've got nothing on them. They're just cheap. Um, the problem is those will uh, squish lines into my calves. Well, not my calves. Well, okay, whatever the heck my upper ankle. I don't know what the name of the body part is. And it will constrain blood flow and give varicose veins, which sucks. Um, so I actually switched out to um, to diabetic class socks. And so they they require less uh, restriction, less less like the the hard elasticity that exists on regular like an athletic sock uh, can't be in those in diabetic socks because they've got blood flow issues, so they can't do it. Uh, they can't wear those other socks. And so I've been going down that road examining those socks, and uh, the biggest problem with those socks is they shed. So they're they're soft, they're flexible, and that that quality, like these attributes, mean that if you're walking across carpet, the carpet is going to gently snag or pile the sock and actually pull little little bits off, kind of like a an old fuzzy sweater that gets the little the little pilling, the little uh, bumps on it. Um, which you can actually shave off with a special sweater shaver. The things I learned from women, man. And so you can get good diabetic socks, but I I am told and I believe that they're not going to last nearly as long as an athletic sock. So I think I would rather just buy a bunch, even though they're kind of, well, they're very expensive compared to regular socks like three times um and they're not going to last nearly as long but they're going to be comfortable which i think think i'll like eat less chips and save that money and spend it on comfortable socks like that's a better way to live um it's better to be uh, like what's there's some expression somewhere like it's better to be poor poor and happy and rich and unhappy um, I think people don't spend their money correctly. And it's, as soon as you do it the first time, as soon as you save, as soon as you suffer and sacrifice for a thing of comfort, uh, life changes a little bit. Like, um, and it's like an, a slightly unnecessarily expensive, nearly luxury item. Like silk sheets for me was the the big one, even though I wrecked them and I'm not, 
and I miss them. I still kind of want to buy them again, but of course, price has skyrocketed. Um, but you do you do something like that for something that you use all the time, it it pays for itself. A lot of people are doing that with something like a computer. Um, you do that for a good monitor. Uh, you might do that for right if you use it all the time, like an office chair. If you spend the big bucks on a really good chair, it pays for itself every single moment that you use it, not just because it's good quality, but because you are reminded of the effort you put in to to make that thing happen, to get that thing. Every time you sit in that chair, you are reminded of you having done the right thing, of of how much you sacrificed and how much it has been worth it. And that that feeling is there every time you have like a wandering mind when you're sitting in a chair, like you're between tasks. Um, it, you'll you'll lean back in the chair and it's the chair. So if it's like a six hundred dollar leather chair or something like that, and you know you found it used and you had it reupholstered and you went through all this adventure to make that happen, and then all your spare moments when it's not just being used as a tool, where it, it kind of melts away from your the the forefront of your mind when you're not doing something and it just happens to be passive part of things when you're when you're finish your task and you lean back into it um the the chair the the jacket when you're outside the shoes the socks the the whatever in those little moments that you have they they there's a kind of comfort that exists with them and this this is like people say that if you like rich people that wealth just amplifies what a person was like beforehand and that's not wholly true because money enables a person if they if they actually figure it out money actually lets a person apply that very selectively to certain things that really matter and thereafter the those things actually amplify the the life experience so you can actually be happier because of the money, because of the way it's being spent, because of what it actually does. It's not about like buying toys necessarily. As they say that uh, money doesn't buy happiness, it's, it's a lie. That's, that's something poor people say just to make themselves feel better. Um, money absolutely does. It op- does all kinds of stuff, it opens doors, it solves problems. It's a really depressingly powerful tool. Um, but the uh, its its ability to to push towards buy for life or push towards these certain kinds of comforts, as long as a person goes from the disposable lifestyle or the junk lifestyle, like junk food is a big example. That's where I waste a lot of money. Um, as soon as a person goes from that lifestyle into the more, the longer, longer thinking, like long-term thinking, the wise spending, um, everything becomes a little bit like smoother, nicer, more comfortable. It's better. So yeah, that was, that was me thinking about socks.
Um, so the, um, I do want to mention, we need to actually spend some time and get the USB keypad that as your switchboard or whatever the heck and hook that up to OBS. Um, I have, I have mine and I can just probably set you up with mine. Um, and I can't sp- even remember why I wanted one now. Well, you may not matter. Like what I did for OBS is when I started out is just be like, you can set up hotkeys to switch scenes. And so that, that scene might, so you might have a scene for, for what we're doing right now. You might have a scene for breaks and you just press it. And then that scene change mutes everybody's microphones and it sets a video playing for the timer or it does it can do all that stuff magically and you can set that up ahead of time so you can set up so it streams so it opens up the audio to uh, a particular web browser and or it um it plays a video because there's video playing functionality in obs and this kind of stuff um being able to just do scene switches is what I do for multiple cameras. Cause I have, I, I do, I've got a document camera that when I'm doing storytelling, um, when I'm doing reading, I'll have the document camera and it's like on a little, it's kind of like a lamp. So it's, it's on a, it's on stand on my desk pointing over and, but I have a regular webcam. Well, right now it used to be one of these things that, that just precariously perches on your monitor. Mine, it's now on an actual articulated arm on its own stand, kind of like a lamp. So I've got both of these set up and I've got three, well, more than three OBS scenes where I can just press, in my case, I rigged it to the number pad to make it easy. But you can have like control alt um, and then your number pad and you can have one, two, three for the scenes. So it can be like one is just the regular front-facing webcam. Um, number two is just the document camera. Number three is a setup where you've got mostly the document camera, so the top down onto the book, and like a little window with the webcam. And all of them can have different attributes. Like the one where I have it with the document camera and webcam, the webcam aspect ratio is different to just so it's just my face and it's not showing the nice width of the background for example and having hotkeys with a separate device with obs with all the scenes built means that i can just go one two three on my number pad and switch between scenes really quick so that i can go from like a book in my hands that i'm reading to switching to look at a camera so that i can talk about what's going on and that particular example may not may not quite apply to you and i but i mean it might right it it could be um a, a webcam of of us talking and it could be another view another scene in obs could be looking at a web browser so we could be talking about random stuff pull up a web page switch to that scene look at it together while we're talking and we could also have picture in picture and stuff like that 
So it opens up possibilities and it becomes uh, a really powerful tool, a really obvious tool once, uh, once you get it set up and once the need applies pressure. So this is exactly the kind of, so normally what people do is they wait for the need to arise and then they work on it. So that becomes part of the 80% time and that's, that's valid to do. But if you begin working on it a little bit during your 20% time, when it gets around that you can get benefit out of it, you've already thought about it at the very least. Maybe you've got some bookmarks, maybe you've, you've peripherally explored it. And then when it becomes a need, you're, you're already kind of halfway on top of that anyway. And the, so, I mean, I, again, so I, I have a foot pedal. I, I bought a foot pedal a long time ago. That's what prompted me doing all this research in the first pay, first place. And so I'm already on top of that side of things. What would the next thing be? Well, if we're in different rooms, how would I use a switchboard to communicate with your OBS? Well, um, wireless keyboard, can it reach that distance? Well, how about a USB cable that is so long it can reach across uh, a house? Well, uh, I do have a USB extension cable with repeater technology, which means you actually have a power adapter on one end and it can reach out like really far. Now, mine isn't as long as it could be, um, but I think the, it's something like a 50 foot distance that you can get a USB cable to. Like we're talking USB 3 now that that technology is out. I should say USB 3.1 Gen 1. So it's the slower of the USB 3s, which is ridiculous for, like, it's insulting for a keyboard. But that, I've already researched that technology as part of my 20% time. So I know that stuff exists. So I've, I've got a couple of cables that are like that, actually. One that is just over there I've, that I've not actually tried. But the entire point of that stuff is to have a powered cable because there are webcams that draw too much power off of a USB line. So if you're pulling it out of a USB hub and it's not a powered hub, you might not be able to use two cameras. You might not be able to use like keyboard and mouse and webcam if you've got kind of like poor quality or high power consumption stuff. And so it's kind of, it's, this is a way of pulling directly from the back of your computer. So from the motherboard directly, not from the front case. And you use a separate, you, so there are columns of USB ports on the back of your computer. And if you don't, if you have, if you use only one of those ports in a column and leave the other ones empty, you can actually, cause you're kind of sharing bandwidth across certain sets of USB ports. And so you can actually use an extension cable out of one of those and at the other end, and you could have a powered cable and at the other end, you could even have a powered hub at the other end. And so you can have your computer on one side of the house for all that matters. And all this equipment, all this like audio visual equipment can be set up someplace else. And um, it turns out a lot of that isn't important for me now because I got a I got a new webcam and it's 
while I mean it's fairly happy. It's fairly happy, and because uh, I've got two US, I've got a USB two and a USB three hub, and they're both powered. I think I think both of them are powered, but some of my devices are fiddly with some of the hubs. Life sucks with USB still, and that does not mean that I'm going to get a Mac with what the heck Thunderbolt. I guess I think they're still doing Thunderbolt. I thought they discontinued it. Probably. Um, it it's a it's a better technology, but it's Apple, so it's too proprietary and people don't like it. USB C is all the rage now, which which I'm fine with, which is a good because smaller cable, I oh, suppose. Yeah, you can't plug it in up to that. Sorry? There's in fact there's Thunderbolt three apparently. Is <laughs> that the USB Oh, nope, it's, uh... Oh, jeez. Wait, this just came out last month. Like the... Oh, awesome. Like, I don't know why these guys keep doing this It stuff. looks different, too. <laughs> Incompatible plugs? Hi, I'm a Mac. Oh... I mean, there's a reason why I couldn't get into Macs, like... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was happy that when when they they appropriated BSD as their kernel and just built all their fun usability on top of it. I was excited about that because I was a Linux guy at the time. But actually using their stuff, wow, what an awful environment! That's not software. Actually using their hardware, man, there's just too much that's proprietary. And all the all the doodads that all the add-on doodads are ridiculously expensive. And they're proprietary, or they're it's just I don't. Yeah, just why? they. Hmm? Just why? <laughs> just well, I mean, they. Apple wants to own a different market segment so that they're not directly competing with Microsoft. And like I said before, Microsoft and Apple play pretend like they're in competition but they're not they're just two monopolies over different markets and but i just i can't i was even okay so i was looking at getting an, a, just a raw straight mp3 player because i'm sick and tired of carrying a phone around i want to just not own a phone and not carry big brother around with me constantly and so i was looking at getting standalone mp3 players but there's some nice they're like they've got a like a color screen and all this kind of stuff the touch screen or their whatever the heck an mp3 player and people are selling their old um ipods like their old their old classic music players and i'm looking at these things and i'm realizing well i can't just plug this thing in and use it like a usb stick because apple is apple and they want to hardwire it into using itunes and like no just no and i could hack my way around that with other people have made solutions for this sort of stuff so i could use somebody's program to do that but i don't, i just don't want to do that it's just dumb and it's the same thing i was looking at these there are these um portable music players but they're meant to be high definition uh they're meant to be high definition isn't the right word is it? that's video 
So they're they're just really high quality stuff. And there are audio like major home theater audio standards that these little devices actually do. And these devices they can actually act as stereo components. So they've got input and output jacks and stuff like that, but they're portable MP3 players, battery and all this kind of stuff. And they're terrifyingly expensive, like 300 bucks for one of these things. And I guess that's nothing compared to a phone, right? But I mean, compared to MP3 players that cost 50 or less easy, um, this is pretty expensive for this device. I think I just sold one to myself by saying it's cheaper than a phone. That sucks. Anyhow, I was looking at this one. I really liked it. It was really nice. And but it uses a file transfer, a specialized media transfer format. And it means that first off, it means that you either have to jump through hoops if you want to get it working on Linux, which I don't really care about anymore, but it's a philosophy thing. Because there are ways of doing it. Um, but on Windows, it'll, it'll auto-detect it and all this kind of magic, right? You install its drivers as necessary. And, but it, it interacts with it in the same kind of way as if you were to plug in your phone for a lot of phones where it has a transfer protocol, but it doesn't let you use it like plugging in an external hard drive. Not really. You can look at stuff, you can, you can remove stuff, you can add stuff. This, you, can, you can do all that. You can think of it like files, but it doesn't work like that. It's using this other protocol. So you can't, for example, go like for a time until I figured out how, um, I could not plug my phone in like a USB stick and then just go and edit a text file because that concept editing in place wasn't a thing. It wasn't supported by the the connections. So what I would have to do is I'd have to copy the text file off onto my computer and then edit it and then copy it back over, <laughs> which is, which is dumb. Or the other limitation, which is you can't perform two operations at the same time. Like you can't be copying stuff to it, like however slow it is, and then just go and listen to a song while it's playing, or you can't delete something. You can't you can't upload two things at the same time. You can't do any of that because it's not a regular USB device for reasons that are fairly valid. I mean, I get it. I just, I'm not an idiot and I don't need to be protected by, by this protocol. So I don't, so devices that are specialized like this, I just hate, they get in my way. So it isn't just Apple that has these proprietary these stupid habits. There's a lot of devices that are like that, that um, just because they're expensive doesn't mean they're good. Sometimes they've got this kind of nonsense built in for, for whatever reason. But Apple is just... <laughs> Apple is just lousy with these bad decisions. Um, and I'm sure just keeping people in a walled garden is good for their bottom line. Um, yeah. Oh. I'm I'm kind of glad I never hopped on the Apple train cuz just it's too expensive to own their stuff. And if it breaks, good luck getting it fixed or replaced. They're really weird on their warranties. Their hardware quality is kind of terrible. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, not like Windows is a good choice, but what you're going to do. Okay, so um, we are coming up on a break, well, aren't we? Yeah, a bit early, but let's... You seem like you're at the end of the train of thought there, so we'll just come up on a break right now. I brought a cup of fortified coffee. So if I'm chewing, <laughs> that's what you can hear. So I've talked about whole food before. That's H-O-L food. It's the equivalent of soylent, but up in Canada. So I can avoid... I mean, Soylent wasn't shipping to Canada for a while. And they didn't admit why. But Canada has certain rules about, well, food in general, really, but food importing, where if something is claimed to be a meal replacement, there are certain requirements. Because... Um, Old people from the 50s had certain ideas about nutrition, and a lot of that stuff just kind of lingered around. And there's some selective evidence about you know, how good certain things are, how bad certain things are. So it is possible to put a bunch of stuff in a pot and call it food, and you won't die. But there's the idea of balance or what ingredients should be in there. So you can make a bunch of stuff and you can call it calories, but it doesn't mean that it's good for you. So one of the Canadian kind of uh, requirements, so the, they, they would ban food being brought in if it doesn't meet a, food, a meal replacement. If it has too much of a ratio of fat, and so that was one of the things that Soylent didn't. Like it couldn't meet those standards. So that was the strongest argument that that other other purchasers had to understand why Soylent wasn't coming to Canada anymore. But <clears throat> I also know some of the some of the inside stuff was being shared by some people. And it was about really terrible management. And this is one of the things that tears businesses apart. Once they get from small to medium, there's a risk as something gets successful of installing people to manage things and not understanding how to delegate properly. And I've, I've witnessed this where the boss becomes hands-off and what the whomever the boss hires is a complete jerk. And uh, oh, it just goes on a trip. Well, yes and no. And, hmm? Yes and no. Just goes on a trip. Power trip. Well, yeah, I've seen that too. So I had, I knew one guy who he would steal other people's commissions. Um, so he'd, he, he might cook the books, but he would answer the phone on behalf of other people who, who would step step away or whatever the heck he would close the deals and then take the take the commission for example what a great guy yeah and it's it was really bad and some some of these people are just vicious backbiting it's 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 like for fun for them 
It's not even for money. I, I might be able to understand if it was for money. And because the boss... Wait, it was for fun? For their fun, yeah. Huh. As far as we can tell. They're lying about what people are doing and saying. and Making those claims to the boss. And, and the boss might not understand that the existing... Um, the existing employees are more important than that new boss. Even if the boss has credentials, it doesn't matter. And, and so it can be a really serious problem. And so I had heard that Soylent had this kind of thing where they had a high turnover, which means that they were losing staff. They were getting fired or leaving. And they were losing staff because the boss was, was an absolute ass. And it was really, really bad. Like stories about uh, uh, people intentionally doing things, like being forced to do things that made them uncomfortable. So and this this is an example. I don't think it's from Soylent. So there's this one girl and she's fairly shy. And so she got some, some social anxiety. And, you know, fair enough. You know, technically speaking, if something's part of her job, I really wouldn't care if she's socially anxious. She's in the wrong work. She can work through it. I wouldn't be a jerk about it as a boss. But I also wouldn't give her a free pass. Um, but her particular boss actually went out of his way to put her in uncomfortable situations, you know, calling her out. And she ha had her go around to uh, call on people to ask them to come to certain meetings. And and it was, it was really, really... You know, stressful for her. It wasn't part of her job or anything necessarily, right? But I mean, when the boss says jump, right, it, everything suddenly becomes part of your job. Um, that's a, a sign of a an awkwardly run business when you've got too much of that kind of stuff. And uh, she would like break down crying and stuff like that. And he would be all apologetic and all this kind of stuff, but would keep doing it again later. So there are some really bad bosses like really really bad whatever stories people have had for themselves there's been worse out there and it is it's fair to think that there is a class of person who bubbles up to fit into those roles because they are attracted to the qualities of those roles because it isn't that a person is qualified that has a person get somewhere because life's not fair so just because you feel you deserve something doesn't mean you're gonna get it because that's not how that's not how life matches up there's no sensible reason for these things to align what ends up happening is um you have a greater chance of attaining the goals that you actually pursue obviously because there's very there are very few times when somebody approaches you and says here i have this opportunity for you would you like it silver platter and and for you to go oh i guess right normally something like a, a managerial position is it it might be available eventually and the people that chase after it even before it becomes available those are the people that are first in line and the sorts of people that are like that that do that pursuit also seem to be the sorts of people that are generally incompetent at those those jobs that they would be managing over and they would be jerks or there would be there, there would be sociopathic or psychopathic traits for these these 
they are they are atypical people that get into those positions because they are the ones that pursue them, not necessarily because anybody wants them there. But it just turns out those are the people that are available. And it's a real shame because there are the thing there's a there's a, a concept in philosophy called there's a few interesting concepts in there. The the one I'm thinking of is called the philosopher king. And it's an idea where the kind of person that you would want ruling is the kind of person who wouldn't want it in the first place. So like the most uh, the most capable manager for a, a company for a, a department or something like that may well be the, the people who don't want it. Right? They, they'd be good at it. They'd be good at it because they have skill, because they love their job, because they love the people around them, right? because they care. And there are attributes that are positive for a, a wealthy, sustainable, happy business. And, and, that kind of person would just say no they'd say no i don't want the extra hours you know maybe that person's got a, a family or other responsibilities where they want the free time or it might be no no i don't like the stress or no i don't want to have to because a person who's in management has to be the bad guy for a lot of stuff has to call people out has to hire and fire and and these are things that while necessary um they're they're evil for a lot of people who and that that's why those people would stay quote unquote stay down at at the in as regular staff instead of pursuing management in the first place and there's a kind of person who would like those sorts of things but it doesn't mean that they'd be any good at them but often they're good at the rather negative sides of of all that stuff but because they're not shy of the more difficult things that overcomes their uh, possibly uh, relative incompetence at all the other traits of of happiness and comfort and you know the the togetherness and and such that that um that might have been brought by a staff member to becoming a management this sort of management material might not have all those qualities he just has the management side of stuff a lot of people will state flatly that their manager is incompetent or their manager is a real jerk and this is actually so common that one has to just um wonder that there are certain personality traits in humans in general that has them um find themselves in those roles it's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. So yeah, I heard Soylent was was kind of like that. So that may be one of the reasons why that company faltered when it had problems kind of getting itself recertified to enter enter into Canada. Because you can apply for exceptions as a start. So those rules are rules are rules, but sometimes there are procedures to get around those rules. And I think that Soylent could have just redefined itself as um being a supplement instead of a meal and all that is is language all they would need to do is edit all the language on their website and their product 
all the products shipping to Canada at the very least. And then that would be that would be enough, wouldn't it? I mean, maybe there's more going on there. Um, but it's hard to get information. But I think uh, all that was there, and they had weird turnover and more than one serious manager that was kind of like this. And so that slows down the recovery of the company entering, re-entering into Canada. So, I mean, I, I would check in occasionally and I wanted, I, I arranged to have them get a hold of me when they were back in Canada. Now you do a mailing list thing. This is what they originally had. Like when Soylent was new, they had this thing where you would give them your email address and they'd send you an email when they're ready in your country. Right. And I did that. That's how they, that's how they got me as a customer in the first place. And I did the, the, the thing is the equivalent didn't, wasn't re-implemented for, you know, coming soon to Canada kind of thing. They just kind of had an announcement said coming soon, eventually. And then later on down the road, they removed that. It's just 404 broken link on that. And people were talking about it in the forum for forever, but there was never communication in the forum. And eventually they, they came out in Canada and there was no email. I got no email. The forum didn't, didn't have it mentioned. It was just some random user in there that um, told people. And the forum emailed me because I subscribed to that thread. Okay, so it's like bad, bad business practice. So in the meantime, I was um, trying out this company in Canada called Whole Food, H-O-L, Food. And I recommend them well enough. If you like chocolate and you can deal with it separating a little bit, it's really good. Makes for good hot chocolate. But as I said, I put it in my coffee because I, I ran out of milk. Normally you would just make it, you could make it with water and it's very good. It's very good. I do miss Soylent, but I really like chocolate. I think they've got chocolate Soylent that's actually quite good, but expensive. At any rate, um, yeah, it's... because Soylent. Hmm? Yeah, I remember trying the variety pack, don't you? Yeah. And the, the chocolate was quite good. Like the pre-mixed stuff. They didn't, at the time they didn't have powdered. They do now, um, but they missed out because they, they didn't treat me right because when, during that downtime process, they didn't stay in touch. They didn't give us any explanations. They didn't tell me when they were back in Canada. It's just like, okay, guys, well, you're in Canada. Well, you know, I set aside some money and I was thinking about you know, buying some soil again, seeing what the new formula is like, because they're making another pretty significant change. But I just don't care anymore. And hearing about how the company works internally, even if it's, you know, from my perspective, it's unsubstantiated, but from the perspective of others, they are verified as employees. If it's like, uh, what's it? Is it Looking Glass? I think is a, one of the business websites that has employees that, that review businesses oh, like their own. Yeah. Um, and you're anonymous. I can't remember. And I'm not sure how it works. I don't know if looking glass actually authenticates those reviews, 
but I think they do. I think they've got like a little journalistic integrity thing happening because it's not like anybody can just, it's not like a better business bureau complaints. And it's not like, yeah, I'm trying to think of these. It's like these extortion scheme websites where they, they allow random people to review businesses. It's just a really nasty, it's not, it's a nasty, nasty thing where businesses get reviews from random people and it might be, might be an idiot of a customer. It might not, it might be the customer was dumb and the customer got angry for something that was the customer's fault. And they went and left a really lengthy, ranty, dumb review. And that review might matter to the star rating on this random website that other customers go to, to judge a company. Like it's this just weird mess of this company shouldn't even exist in the first place as a start. Cause it can't verify purchasers. <laughs> Like Amazon at least will label you if you've bought a thing, which is a good start. Um, it's Yelp that I'm thinking of. And so Yelp just exists independently. And if you're a business, they made an account for you anyway. They don't even ask your permission. And what they do is they say, hey, well, if you're a business, would you like to claim this account? And they, they charge you money. And then what Yelp does is they charge you money, but if you get popular enough, like you get enough traffic visiting and looking at all those reviews and stuff like that, you get enough reviews. Well, they charge you more <laughs> oh, that's great. and it's a subscription. And if you say no, well, they remove your rating. <laughs> so you could actually like have a positive rating on Yelp, but if you don't pay them their extortion fee, they'll actually remove the, the good rating. Look at this fly that's been buzzing around my monitor for the longest time hi it's not a proper fly either it's one of these weird things it's like between a fly and a mosquito and it's not a moth and i'm not a whatever ologist to be able to know what insects are wait did you say At any rate, what ologist hmm? i don't know exactly insectologist uh -huh. I, there's a word for it i'm sure but so Yelp, Yelp bad. And, but there's a, I, I think it's Glassdoor for Soylent. And I think it's Soylent that has a really interesting Glassdoor page of reviews for you to read through. And sometimes reading through these, these reviews gives you some interesting insight, not necessarily, well, certainly reading um, employee reviews gives you insight into their the company but it gives you insight into businesses in general maybe businesses in that field so you could read up on the reviews of like if you had a business you could read up on other businesses employees reviews and learn about how those businesses work and how they interact with you and and you can and you can learn nuances of, let's say, how managers work, for example. You get these long sob stories. And it, it's, it's a little more fascinating and more real than random Reddit threads on similar topics. 
which are rather interesting to read through. <laughs> Was that somebody saying bad things? They posted up something. They posted up a weird oh. link, so I just deleted it. Nope. No random stuff, or we ban you. Um. So. Yeah. So, the thing is, I mean, we still haven't figured out getting a webcam going, which is, I mean, it should be pretty straightforward. Um, I just clean myself up and clean my background up again so i haven't done streaming myself in some time oh god no i think about if i do webcam well no that's the thing oh okay. that's exactly why i wouldn't want to show you on a webcam well i was saying if i was cleaned up and such like how if okay if then i realize how high my bed's going to be Oh, that's true. Well, what you can do is you can have a green screen behind you. Well, no, just, I know where to get those. Anywhere? Um, Almost anywhere, but what you need is a certain kind of framework around it that holds it up. And um, you get a certain height. And the thing is about... Um, or I could just have the bed. It, it, <laughs> you just... <laughs> There's actually a uh, technology. Usually it's in like, it's at the level of your um, webcam helper. It's not at the driver level, but one level up. So for example, I've got a Logitech um, suite that lets me do certain camera controls so I can zoom in. In my case, I zoom in a little bit because I was afraid of it, but the there's a viewing angle that you can you when you look at buying webcams you need to look at the viewing angle if you have a broad viewing angle it's gonna capture more of your space which is generally a bad idea because you don't want everything around you you just want you and so i actually had a problem with that um, i needed to get this particular model anyway so i was just kind of stuck so what i did is the software has a feature that lets me zoom in and so i did so and I zoomed in just a little bit, just a couple of notches, so that it would it helps crop out like the the massive viewing angle. Um, and so that would be one one concern of yours is the viewing angle of certain kinds of cameras would mean um, would dictate what the positioning is of a camera and what the background you're going to deal with is. But I, I wanted to mention because I was talking about the software suite. There are certain software suites that can actually look at your background and it will notice static background and it will automatically green screen out the background, which is magic. And if that actually works, then that's, that is exactly the solution. Um, like, I guess, walk away from your camera, let it capture the background, walk back in, let it know the difference between you and the background. By whatever magic, um, and that's exactly the sort of thing you would want to do if you were streaming a game. Yeah. If you want to show as much of the game as possible, so you don't have a, a box that's the box, the opaque box is blocking gameplay, even if it's just in the corner. You want to just have the floating head, like head and shoulders. I think that looks bad. I don't like it, but uh, I see why other people choose to have their setup like that 
So you might do something like that, but it really does depend on how much working space you have, um, distance between wall and camera, between camera and you and stuff like that. So um, that might be, I mean, I can help you if you want to look into that, including if you want to borrow some of my hardware to do, to run your tests to see if you not really like doing it because that's the sort of thing that adds value for like, I've made the argument that you should probably stream your gaming, even if it's just random grindy stuff and just talk while you do. Cause you kind of do that anyway, like a lot. So just get good and make it pseudo conversational just talk about what's going on in the gameplay and then stream it and then, you know, have zero viewers for the longest time. That's how life works. Unless you get an interview with somebody big, um, which, you know, it ain't going to happen. But the thing is you've got enough expertise that like you identify the stuff you're good at and then leverage it, technically leverage it for money that's how you're supposed to do for everything because you've taken hobbies seriously enough that you do something with it like seriously so i don't know how much you want to talk about your your destiny efforts in general how bad it is uh well yeah i say too much and i don't bother doing it i just keep saying it endlessly and it's not going through and then you laugh like, ha ha, I'm just like this. It's like, <laughs> it's like fat people who decide that they're just big boned. It's like, really? Or are you just saying that to make yourself give you an excuse to give up? Like when I, I told you, and I'm getting frustrated at it, all you have to do to be better, to, to begin a path is choose when your bedtime is. That's it. Just choose when the hell you actually go to bed because a lot of things need to wind down to make that time happen. So evening meals, evening showers, you know, cleaning stuff up has to happen on a schedule automatically. I don't even have to tell you these things. They'll just, they're just going to happen. Then you, and you can wake up whenever, as long as your bedtime is early enough, your, your wake up is fine. You could even like lockdown time. People listening, you, you can choose a bedtime that's early enough and not have to get up with an alarm clock. Your life will be different if you do that. Your life will be different if you wake up without an alarm clock early enough that the sun isn't fully up and just wander around. Like if you live alone or something, if you should be so lucky as to live alone and have good curtains, just walk around naked for a while. Just be normal. <laughs> like, like be like own your morning put on a bathrobe and and drink coffee on your front steps like wake up before the birds like i'm a, i'm a morning lark so i totally there's too many people that probably should experience that that might never have or might never until they're told like just tr try going when you're tired in the afternoon just try going to bed for real and just staying in bed and sleeping and not letting yourself wake up. Don't get it. Don't pretend it's a nap. Just go to sleep. You know, it's five, 5 PM. Okay. 
maybe that's a little early, but let's say 6 p.m. and go to sleep and wake up and just have eight hours, like wreck your evening by not doing anything and just sleeping through it and then wake up a full eight hours. When's the last time you slept for eight full hours? And then wake up, wake up at three in the morning, wake up before the, the birds get up, before the insects get up, before the sun is anywhere near close to up. Learn that, uh, you know, wherever you are, maybe the birds start waking up and maybe there's certain kinds of birds that wake up in certain orders and they start waking up at exactly like 4.30 at this particular time of year or whatever the heck it is for you and just live life like that. Some people, that that's their thing. Like that's, that's how they ought to be working. Like all this time, they should have been doing this since childhood. <laughs> But they've been in this the same schedule as everybody else, which is get up and just in the nick of time show up at work. And then then the evening is when you can play. And then you go to sleep and repeat it. Most most people should at least try waking up, having their life, doing stuff, then going to work, and then coming home, getting all their like getting off work, doing their errands quick, and then going to bed. And that's they don't have a full evening of winding down. Like their day is over when work is done. When work is done, you do some grocery shopping on your way home. You maybe, you know, you you maybe uh, you cook a little bit, you know, something quick. And but it's morning when the the world is yours. And it's so much nicer to live like that for a lot of people. If that's your if that's your if that's every day for work days then that's a better better way to live that's a little bit weird on the weekends because most of the time you want to have plans and a lot of people stretch their plans into the evenings and so getting so getting up at three on a saturday is kind of unreasonable because you might want to do stuff saturday evening and being awake for that length of time is just kind of terrible and as soon as you have a nap you're going to wreck your life so things are a little bit wonky for morning larks because of plans on weekends, because of the damn night owls are the way they are, keep dragging everybody else down. Um, but mo like I think humans in general are tend to to slide into being night owls, but a lot more humans than we realize are morning larks and should be getting up early. It's so much nicer. You have no idea. But for your lazy ass, I would say um, just set a bedtime and then wake up when you got to wake up. Um, yeah, so that, that's discipline starts with that. And then for something like your your promise of streaming or your promise of playing games or whatever the heck, if you want to do something with it, if you want to make something of yourself with that stuff, turning your hobby into a business, right? Because that's where the path goes. Uh, turning your, your hobby into a social thing, then, I mean, you got you to gotta just do it. You have to just, it's those freaking idiot extra social people that are like, oh, you, you just, just do it. It's, it's the most obnoxious thing. But these... Hmm? They're not wrong. They're not wrong, in a sense. These extra motivated extroverts. It it's just obnoxious. 
Oh. oh, so punchable. These motivational speakers. Oh, it just angers me because not because they might like it's first off, I think it's a fake persona that they're putting on. So I'm insulted at seeing it, but that's just that sort of person. Not everybody's well, not everybody can just do it. <laughs> do you, do you want something in life? Just go after it. But there is at least some truth to it in that um, you only succeed if you try. Uh, there are very few exceptions to that. So, I mean, if you're already doing something and getting some expertise at it, then uh, that's a, that's a springboard to accomplishing other stuff. Um, I hope you weren't able to hear the door being slammed jump it no i mean on mic yeah i did that's uh, obnoxious did. as hell idiots that don't know how to manage a door how hard is that it's like the the guy across the street that that somebody that drives by or whatever the heck that's got a stereo on too loud um i know a little bit about audio cleanup but it's really hard and I don't know enough about filtering and sensitivity to actually make the audio experience with that kind of background noise uh, removed. But at least you can't hear like major traffic or anything like that. Okay. Well, that'd be funny. <laughs> oh, why don't I have chat timestamps turned on? Because that's kind of important, isn't it? Yeah. I have to turn that on. You have to every... do it manually every time. That's so bad. So highly on. Or, I think that's what you have to do for on OBS. It's it's uh, it's saved, but. Yeah. Oh, okay. So in in your OBS, you've got a separate chat window because yep. it's connected to Twitch. Yeah, it's got Twitch integration. For me, I've just got a moderator panel open in a web browser tab, which apparently doesn't have the feature of of keeping a cookie of keeping that which is really annoying i think it does or unless you, my web browser every time i close it or restart the computer every time i close it completely or turn it off or every time i look i set the settings so every time it's closed all the histories and stuff's deleted oh no i don't have that kind of setting i like so I, I've got three separate web browsers all open at the same time right now, and they're separate programs. Then the particular one I have for the streaming experience, more or less, is Brave. And Brave is uh, Chrome, but with ads essentially turned off or swapped out and some other features like that. And I have it so that I'm logged into a lot of my essential services just permanently. And I don't clear cookies or anything like that because it's only used for a, a rigid set of things. And I'm still kind of in the process of migrating a lot of things from Chrome to Brave, but there's some incompatibilities with add-ons. That's are they called extensions or add-ons? I don't know. That's it's really angering me that I don't have all the functionality I need to install into Brave. They change the wordings always change back and forth at this point. I eh. yeah. Ever, I blame Firefox for never sorting their stuff out. But it's a community and blah, 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 blah. It's for the people. 
What? Something. A lot of mumbling. Uh, for the people, community, something, something. <sighs> Mozilla is not a good organization anymore. They're kind of awkward and terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've. I, so, let's let's go on an open source rant. Okay, look, the internet's been around for a fair amount of time. In terms of software years, it's been around for forever, and web browsers have been around for forever. And um, and Firefox isn't Firefox is obviously old, but Firefox went by other names. It used to be Firebird and then Phoenix before that. And I've been a user since before tabs, before tabbed web browsing was a thing. It was an experiment, and nobody went for it. Like it was just kind of added on the side, and you could turn it on and explore it with like Firebird 0.3 or something like that, or maybe it's 0.6. And it, it, like the web browser wasn't even out for the public really. <laughs> so, and, and way back then, since back then, there's been community participation and bug reporting and stuff like that. And the, the Mozilla bug tracker, uh, there are several projects under that, that umbrella. And they share certain code. And so Thunderbird and Firefox actually share a set of, of code, of common code, um, which would be a good idea in theory. Uh, Thunderbird is terrible and I don't use it, so I don't care. Um, but um, I'm sure it has improved a lot since I last used it. Um, and so there are bugs listed because this, they... Unlike a lot of other software projects that are mature, this software project actually not, it maintains the same bug list. It doesn't like wipe it and then start again with the next release. Like, oh, well, it's been 10 years. These, and it doesn't. And when they've migrated engines to track their issues, they've, they actually, they actually migrated so correctly that even if you have an old link to an old bug, it'll redirect to the new place for it. So everything is still there from right back from the very beginning. So I can actually go and I can look up the bugs and I can see that there are unsolved problems in Firefox from 2003. And some of them are just critical. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. Wait, um, still and- to this day? To this day, yeah, yeah, there, there, you can find like fifteen-year-old bugs for so- a lot of these software projects still, and you can find problems that old that are for concepts that that people would have used every day since then. So, for example, I think the example in Firefox is I need some way to search for the name of a folder. If I open up my bookmarks list. Um, I think for you, it's on the left-hand side. So there's like a little search box. If I type my search box, I get all the bookmarks with that name, right? It's okay, pretty simple feature, but I want the folder names. I want, I want to search and I want to get the folders as well because I, I use folders. And Fire, Firefox has been working on getting rid of the concept of folders and stuff too with tags and with all this other nonsense. I blame Google because Gmail 
it had this push for search, don't sort. Which is nonsense because that's not how humans work. Um, so I, I've got, I have that many years worth of bookmarks in Firefox. And there's a reason I have an, an earlier compatible version of Firefox just to maintain all my bookmarks and certain add-on compatibility and stuff like that. But there really are stupid issues that are still unsolved. And there are excuses. There, there are valid excuses if you have enough software development experiences. But as a user, it's just like, it's been too long. Get it done. But the excuses are, it's hard. I don't know how to do it. Like you're describing a problem, but not thoroughly enough for me to actually understand how to solve it. There are other more important problems <laughs> or, you know, I had kids and can't work on this anymore, or we don't know who to assign this to, or if you want this feature, you can learn to program and do it yourself. <laughs> Just like all this easier said than done stuff. And there are like ineloquent, angry rants that are, and, and the thing is some of these, some of these bugs because they're old so they'll have hundreds of hundreds of comments on them and some of them are just why hasn't this been done it's been this amount of time and 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 that message gets sent out to everybody that's subscribed to that bug so i'll occasionally get emails like rant emails on bugs that i've subscribed to from years and years ago and uh it's it's kind of funny because that's the only reminder i get because i will have forgotten about these bugs but I, even though I don't use, so I don't use Firefox directly, I use a fork. So it's somebody else taking an earlier version of the code from Firefox and it modified it down another path. So it, it's its own independent software project, but it's built on the roots of Firefox. So in my case, it's Pale Moon. And there are a few others. There's like, I think there's Ice Cat. And it's, but there are several projects that do that because Firefox made some bad decisions that people hate. Uh, most notably, uh, they abandoned the entirety of the platform. So all of the add-on developers were just given the finger. Uh, none of them would work anymore. And they had to be redone. Like there are exceptions, but the framework by which people were making add-ons, like the, the target of these add-ons, that framework was changed. And it was changed for, again, it was changed for valid reasons, um, but it, they were, they abandoned. And this is actually the second time they've done that, if I recall correctly. And a lot of developers for, for a lot of add-on developers just got pissed off. And in my case, I've got a bunch of, of important, um, important add-ons that, are necessary for the way I use the internet. So I can't, so I have to use this other version of sort of Firefox, um, which is going to maintain compatibility with this old stuff. But here's the recent annoyance. Okay, so Pale Moon has been around since around about the time that Firefox went off onto this lunatic path. But, and it was, it was understood that all the Firefox add-ons would more or less work 
more or less unmodified with Pale Moon because it was built from the same heritage. But um, Firefox took down their old uh, extension site they like because all this stuff was incompatible. So they just went, eh, done. And they, they started fresh. Um, and so, but so Pale Moon was able to, so when people had still had those old add ons, and it, it so it started making its own add ons directory. But the thing is, there were incompatibilities and things were weird. And so there was enough compatibility compatibility that I was able to continue using the add-ons that I needed to keep using because I need an updated web browser because the internet is a hostile place for a terrible old unmaintained web browser because it's it's a gateway from the website into your computer if your web browser isn't updated properly because uh, because of JavaScript really because JavaScript is bad I'll get back to JavaScript. So all, all that compatibility is fine and dandy, but just the other day, Pale Moon announced that it would be aggressively stating incompatibilities with add-ons. And sooner or later, it, it was definitely going to just blacklist all add-ons that, that have not been specifically altered to identify itself as being compatible with Pale Moon and not that ancient version of Firefox. So I'm in a position where I have to learn how to do the programming to update all of my old extensions, which I'm going to do because I'm going to keep using these extensions because I, I require them. I, actually, let me just really quick and quickly look at this, this list of stuff. Wow, can you, can you hear that buzzing? No, you can't. Good. Maybe while I'm talking and the mic is open, you can hear the damn car outside. So it's like, um, if I wanted to bulk download pictures, right? There, there are, there's functionalities to do that in an add-on. But if you want a bulk downloader to actually understand the nature of an image host and reach a couple of clicks inside an image, so sometimes if you got a gallery, you click on one image, it opens up a new page, but that new page isn't the image. It's not the large version of the image. It's like a shrunken version of the image where you can click. You might be able to click to download it. You might be able to click to zoom in. You might have to click multiple times and all this weird stuff. So well, there's an add-on which enhances the previous add-on that lets you, that understands each file host that lets that kind of stuff happen. So if I ever want to just like I'm looking at a forum and somebody posts a bunch of links, I can just go and I can download them. It's really handy. So I don't have to bother like, uh, I don't have to bother following all of those links. Or um, I've got, well, I guess I'll have to start with this one because it's so important. It hasn't been updated since middle of uh, 2011 called key config. And that lets me modify my hotkeys. So, which is kind of important because like maybe I've got a couple of weird, weird hotkeys set up that I'm now, I'm so used to, I've got muscle memory on it. And if that add-on stops working, then I have to learn whatever the heck the defaults have been all these years that I've been ignoring. So that, and that would be torture. 
So I have to learn to actually modify my own software because, you know, none of these guys have done it. Yeah, so depressing because I'm looking down this list and like, and it may just be, I learned to unpack the thing and modify one file, like change a number or change some text or something, and then pack it back up again, and that'll be enough. And I'll do that, and I'll probably figure out how to provide all this, all these changes to other people, and just be like, this is not getting maintained, but I made this one little change for you guys, and here's how I did it, and then. And then away you go. So yeah, being a heavy computer user, when the world changes, unfortunately, it gives me a lot of extra work. So freaking between like World of Warcraft add-ons that I have to update. Oh no, and... society advancing. Somewhat. I don't know. Air quotes advancing, right? Who knows? I did say somewhat. Yeah, but it's, I mean, that's an inevitability with all the software we're going to use. The big problem is it doesn't necessarily improve. It often just mutates into weird, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then they just drop support for the old stuff and run off on this new direction, which, I mean, I guess that's better than them just getting bored and giving up on their software, but it's really annoying. And I've got software that hasn't been updated in nine years, but it works just fine. It's uh, fit for purpose. So it solves its problem and it's just done because there's nothing else to add. Uh, but the problem is when there's some nuances that it would be really nice if it could do this as well. And I've had this, I've actually paid people to update software. And what sucks is when you do that and you get some changes put in and you're like, Hey, I'd like to provide these changes to the actual software so that other people can use it too. So it's like official and they won't even respond because they're just done. They don't care anymore. That's depressing. So that was an interesting experience. I, I can't remember. I probably spent a half a grand updating a piece of software, you know, hiring somebody from wherever the heck. Nowadays it would just be some developer from, I probably get a developer from Russia because they have some really good, um, freelance programmers. But you can imagine places like Fiverr where you just get somebody random from India, but I don't know what their a quality of programmers for random stuff for little things probably could get somebody nice. And that's what, that's how you save money. It's you know, people living in places with lower uh, living expenses. At any rate, we're coming up on another break. Are we not? Yeah. Okay, so set us the timer and we'll be back in another little bit. We can do another segment, yeah? Yeah, we'll do another one. Okay, so I'll see that you guys in another 12 minutes. God damn you. Hmm? 12 uh, minutes. You can make it 11 minutes. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to work with you after this or maybe tomorrow sometime to edit that Lua code because I know I can figure it out. Okay. Oh, am I talking with, oh man, my push to talk has turned into push to mute for the stream. So I've been, I've been, uh, saying things and then exhaling or inhaling. Exactly. Muting myself perfectly for when I'm talking. Um, so we were talking about pale moon extensions and I actually went hunting around for some problems 
during the break. And I, I lost during some of the updating, I lost spell checking support, not in general, just spell checking support for British English. And so I, I went hunting around to see if there was a solution for it. And apparently there is, there's a brilliant solution. There's actually locale support, which is the totality of the program, all the menus and stuff like that have a language. So it's not necessarily tied to the language of the installation of windows, for example. Um, and in my case, I'm, I'm able to, to install an add-on to let me switch between them. And then there's a meandering path to go and reach for a dictionary. So it's kind of, um, yeah, so I managed to solve my problem. So that's really nice. Yeah, and I will make a note of that and install that. So I actually have, I'm complicated. I actually have three installations of Pale Moon because I have virtual machines with for to separate contexts of what I'm doing. And so I've got other stuff elsewhere that I have to also update simultaneously. So life is annoying. Um, I wonder if I have to leave and get the vacuum to, to stop. Can you hear it from? Oh, oh yeah, I can hear it down here. If it's not on the stream, then I don't particularly care, but it is obnoxious. Um, okay. So I'm not sure what else, why can't I, here we go. Okay. So. I mean, there's random stuff I could talk about. Um, a lot of podcasts, like I was saying earlier, uh, do do the camera thing, which we can obviously do. But I'm curious what it would be like to um, to do like an ongoing little thing with like a pre-filmed thing for my gardening thing to try to figure out the backyard, to kind of pull people along with my incompetent learning about what the heck to do. So pretty and, much a this is me along thing like most people do on YouTube. Well, yeah, yeah, long form of whatever the heck twenty minute clips of hey, this is the back, this is what I have to work with in my yard, and this is what I'm thinking of, and um, to to talk from a new person perspective because I'm largely new with a lot of a lot of stuff. I mean, I've looked into this for like again twenty percent time. I've actually looked into gardening over years because it's something that I, I'm not good at and uh, I haven't done, but it's something I've been vaguely interested in. So it is something that I can talk about. I just have to pull up contemporary, um, contemporary, or what do I call it? Like contemporary knowledge, contemporary research, and then explain it and then actually try it. So theoretically speaking, there is content to be made there. Um, it's something that I mean, may, maybe what we would end up doing is if that's something to pursue, then that would be something to pursue probably later in the evening, right? When it's, when it's, we would judge the time of day based on the season and we, we'd get, so there's a lighting thing, there's a, a seasonal thing and there's a weather problem and stuff like that. So it'd be kind of weird. And then we'll like use a phone, I guess, to film. And it's a film the outside part. I have two and... cameras. Dude, really? I didn't know that. Like not um, video cameras, but 
picture cameras. Well, I, I can do video, got, but we've got phones. I I actually have a camera camera. I've got a to I mean it's it's got better resolution than I have on a monitor, but that's actually not impressive anymore for some reason. But it's a it's a proper camera that's digital and it's um it's got an optical zoom built in which is not something you're going to find on any of the contemporary digital cameras. Although I think phones are starting to get this kind of stuff. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, I mean, the technology has changed. Anyhow, I do have a camera. That's not the problem. So the problem isn't necessarily setting up pictures, but it is um, um, maybe, maybe even taking, because videos are far, far more interesting. And we just set up a thing where we would, sh in order to reduce workload, we shorten the podcast, maybe talk about a lot of it live as one of the things to talk about. And then you know, once a week, just go through and do a little bit of filming outside and do that. Cause that would, that would be right. That's something I right now am rather fascinated by. I think that's kind of a market to get into. Um, and this is a starting from scratch um, in the backyard thing, which is going to be a very different experience than doing front yard stuff. Because in backyard, you can do all kinds of really strange experiments, and it's not like it would bug your neighbors. So in front yard, you've got all kinds of rules. Like depending on a person's city, there, there are certain rules about, what would you call it, landscaping? So, so there are... Um, there are rules about what you can plant and where and how tall things can be and how close to the road and whether or not you need to have like a sprinkler system set up and, and on and on and on. And those rules are, are going to be different or maybe not even apply at all to a backyard. And there, there, I mean, there are certain problems like whether or not you can dig, right? Cause there might be exposed there might, you might damage underground wires or something like that. Um, but as I've mentioned before, I think I've mentioned before, but have my backyard is very... Family, have you watched Family Guy before? Or not really? Yeah, but... yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Where Peter's digging in his backyard to put a pool, and then he find, he says he finds a root, chops into it a bit, and then the power goes out for the entire block. Uh-huh. I mean... uh. Yeah, so nobody has laid claim to uh, stuff underneath down to one meter in our backyard. And before getting serious, I'd probably ask a second time and make sure that everything's safe. Ooh, ooh, tell it's not like I'm, tell hmm? about uh, the ISP. Oh, well, that's the front yard stuff. Oh, okay. So, well, it's still kind of funny. So yeah, I, because again, 20% time. So I've been thinking about a lot of this stuff and I decided to put in two requests around the house and I put them in separately so that I could, because, because, um, you can like just define certain areas. And so I decided to put in two requests, one for the front area, cause it was only vaguely interested and only interested to a certain depth in the backyard. I was interested to a significant depth because the backyard I was thinking about like the soil is bad. I mean, I know there's different kinds of soil, but it's just bad. So I was thinking about just getting it like 
hiring somebody to, to just make it go away. And so I wanted to know more depth down there just to be safe. And so the, the backyard is safe as far as I know. I'll double check just to be case, just, just in case, because when you're asking like government, who knows if you're going to get competency or not, that's not why the government exists. And, but the front yard, I got lots of responses back and I got a response back from our, from our ISP and, um, and they were dicks. They, they were immediately legal about everything. They, they were, they were aggressively, they sent me, uh, legalese PDFs. They sent me maps with like doodles on them, which is kind of embarrassing. And they're like, well, if, if this happens and make sure you do this and, and it amounts to, if you, if you damage any of their equipment, any of their stuff, um, then you're liable. Like I would be liable for it if I just dug wrong and clipped the wire and who knows how much something like that would cost. So it's like, well, I'll use a rake to rake some rocks away or whatever the heck, and maybe get a little bit of soil. And then I'm using, and then I'm digging by hand. Like either literally with my hands with a little hand trowel or whatever the heck, there's no way I would go anywhere near their stuff because I know exactly the the consequence, As, other than possibly you know taking out my internet connection, which is bad enough, but the costs and then whatever the heck that might be, like, I mean it might be their incompetency at, at not properly burying their equipment, but I'd still be they'd want to hold me liable because. No, because reasons. Um, and what's a little bit weird is, so we, you know, you've got a driveway and the road and stuff that's near the road and some of it's city property, some of it's yours. And some of these cables, the thing is the map I got from the multiple maps that I got from various services didn't properly distinguish between what the road and stuff that was nearing the property. So like I've got squiggly lines kind of all over the place at the edge <laughs> and some of it going under like a driveway over here. And, and it's kind of scary because I don't, so I don't really know where the edge of the stuff is, but thankfully the backyards, it's got one wire that I would have to worry about. And I'm, so I'm worried about in one specific area. Cause, cause again, I, they don't actually give you a proper measurement of stuff. It's literally somebody's MS paint line in, in multiple places. And so it doesn't take into account where my driveway really is. So I know it clips out and it might actually clip under the soil. So I'd have to look at it more carefully. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, hopefully the backyard really is clear. And then, it, but it would be an interesting project, I think. Um, to actually go through as an incompetent boob to dig around the backyard and actually talk about like, well, this is you know the difference between a raised bed and, and a container and, and like, and just go and go exploring. There are, there are certain things that are going to be unique about this particular perspective. So shade is a thing. So one of the things uh, about shade is it depends on where, the orientation of the space compared to the building. So the building is going to cast a shadow and it depends on what time of day 
where the sun is and where the building is and where the shadow is cast. And so you have concepts of shade, which make certain kinds of plants appropriate. And this is exactly the sort of stuff that I would want to watch to actually physically see, to understand how, how things work. And uh, like we're Northern hemisphere, right? So, so there's, there's certain, there's certain concepts of, uh, things are really weird. So there are, there are, there is like a standard way of understanding certain zones. These zones describe certain, the, the certain seasonality, the certain weather patterns of certain areas. So if you're like really, really far North, right? If you're like the Northern regions of Alaska or something like that, and you're trying to garden, well, there's certain rules and there's certain kinds of plants. So you can actually predict the kinds of plants that would flourish more or that wouldn't. And it's the same thing as you go down through, through Canada, through the United States, there's going to be different zones of plant preference as well as shade, as well as water. And so my space has specific requirements. So it technically a bunch of stuff would be interesting in general. Um, but a bunch of stuff would be particularly interesting for not just my neighborhood, right? Like my, my region, but for other people classed in the same kind of region, like maybe in Europe or something like that, even though we might have different plants because there are rules about just bringing plants anywhere. Um, and, uh, so I, I would be interested in that because that's sharing is one of the things that helps a person be motivated. Like you all you need to do is find a tiny bit of success with something and then get an external amplifier to that success. And then you found, oh, hey, June. And then you find that, you f you'll find it steamroll. Like, because I've talked about the idea of, of the momentum when you're doing something. Is if you do something you, and you find that sooner or later you find a little victory, you need to fixate on that victory to pursue it further and then remember that you've had that victory so that when you fail or if you're unmotivated that you had that victory, then you just build on it and build on it. And doing something like sharing means that sometimes you want to shield yourself and not get any feedback. Like that can be really important if you're, especially if you're kind of frail about negative feedback. So sometimes you want to delay because I've talked about delaying sharing and how that abstraction that can really, really help. Um, but doing something like the gardening thing and then sharing it might be an additional motivator and every little success with it would be, you know, Hey, it's not really too much of an ego thing, but there's a bit of pride involved, but it is genuinely helping other people. And there's the same, like, this is the same kind of thing that I would want you to be motivated with if you were to do videos for gameplay or streaming or, you know, whatever the heck, right? To practice your speaking as a start. <laughs> Maybe I should have you reading children's stories. <laughs> oh, that's what you mean by it. No, okay, never mind. What? what Nothing, I it's something else. Okay. You and your powers of explanation. Yay, it's great. 
not to. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested in in taking the gardening thing slightly more seriously, but I don't know what I'm doing. Probably the biggest problem I have to overcome is, um, other than the absolutely terrible bad soil, which will be overcome by gardening or a raised bed, um, and then just buying a lot of soil, um, is uh, physicality. So so I'm I mysteriously atrophied quite badly. I hurt my back, and but it's not quite related to that. And and so it's not something doctors particularly worry about. So a physiotherapist and a doctor. This is pre-COVID, right? Um, and pre-COVID, pre pre-COVID, you could go out and like talk to your doctor and stuff like that. And so it's nothing that they were particularly. Why am I getting? What an obscure ad! So the Brave web browser shows you ads occasionally, which I'll which I'll talk about because it's kind of funny. Um, so I lost my train of thought. The stupid advertisement. Um. Okay, so. Wow, do you remember what I was talking about? Nope, that kind of ruined right. my train of thought because I was kind of laughing at it. And then I noticed somebody talking. I was wondering, why are you saying Junebug for some reason? And I so... I don't think I'm paying attention to chat. And the person I'm looking left. at the, the users in chat and not seeing that person. Yeah, they left. Yeah. Okay. So, I was talking about the, the, the physicality. So, uh, nobody particularly worried about it. But I, I'm I'm missing a lot of strength. So, something like doing gardening is actually... Uh, would be part of physiotherapy. Um, so it, the, it's when whenever you see the the thing is, there's one thing about taking uh, some interest or some expertise and actually leveraging it to get more of it, and then sharing it in order to motivate. Uh, but there's also the notion of having these overlapping things, because often when you're doing any one thing that and you're you're a little more intense at one particular thing than other things in your life that one thing that you have intensity with will tend to have many skills or many traits or many somethings overlapping all over top of that and so sometimes that that's where certain opportunities become obvious so in my particular case there's a an intersection between gardening and physicality and that I can actually take advantage of that opportunity. You mean being physical? Yes, that's what physicality is. Oh. <laughs> I've heard it in different and, terms. Oh, okay. Well, um, I could like be more American, call it like physicalness. Um, and so there's an op there's a an effort. It's it there are circumstances where I could literally make it um a workout. Right, so so some stuff. If I'm digging out soil or something like that, there is a literal workout to be had in there. So there's actually, when pursuing a thing, um, you can actually identify more than one benefit for pursuing one thing, because more things are are it's it's a it's a nexus of many different opportunities. So I mean that's a possibility, and so. For you, and I would recommend this for anybody, is if there is a 
a, a void of purpose of, of output of production to actually look at the stuff that you're good at or that you're interested in, even if you're like a passive observer of something or other and, and you want to try something is, is try it and then see where the overlaps are to the other skill sets that you have and also focus on those other skill sets. And what you can do is you can bounce between. So I've talked about the kind of graph of effort over time. So like studying. So you have a, a study efficacy that starts really high when you start studying during the day where you start working on any project and then it, then it slopes off into you being too tired to be effective. But if you, if you take breaks, then you can put off that slope of that ineffective end so that you stay more effective over time, even though you're taking breaks. And what you can do is when you have these overlaps in, in competency, in these different kinds of projects that are all kind of similar. So like gardening versus the physicality stuff or the workout or the diet or the whatever, I could, I could do one thing I could, and it could have pretty high intensity for effectiveness for one thing. And then I could lose a little interest. And if I just switch to one of these other associated things, I maintain a fairly high level of interest and then it slopes off and I take a break and I switch to, and maybe I switch back or switch to a third thing. But because I'm switching between stuff and I'm taking breaks and all of these things are overlapping and they're kind of related and they're kind of all um, enhancing, all motivating the similar kinds of personality traits or like they're all cooperating. You can actually bounce between a bunch of stuff, have a bunch of stuff on your plate. And all of these things kind of, it's kind of like, tightening the lug nuts on a on a wheel um little by little as you go around you don't you don't just focus on one it's the same thing you would you wouldn't just focus on one hobby until you like burn out or whatever you would do a little bit of this hobby and a little bit of that hobby and then you'd eventually cycle back to the first one and you're just highly highly productive overall with that doing that including more productive with the original thing. So you might think you're spreading by doing multiple things. You might think that you're spreading your efficacy out across many hobbies, let's say, but really what's happening is you're, you're spreading your attention out, but instead of focusing on one thing and just having your motivation wane over time, you're actually, you're actually paying attention to a whole lot of stuff. And your efficacy wanes only a little bit on the first thing and you switch to the next thing and the next thing. And, and when you get back to that original, let's say the most important thing, that break is, was working on something that's still important in terms of an overlap that it's still, maybe it contributed only 20%, you know, 20% effort to that original thing. Well, that's an, that's a help plus, um, you have returned to that original thing much stronger than you having done just that one thing solid because you just wane over time. So you, it's, so you, you pursue an overlapping task. It still benefits a little bit. It still makes you better 
overall with a group of skills of overlapping skills and then you return to it and you return to it strong and so having a bunch of of like pursuing more than you can chew in a sense can actually be a really good thing if you're the if you're the sword i mean i don't know i i assume that there are going to be certain people that hyper focus on one thing and just can't handle having other things even if there's they're they are related having other things on the go so i don't know if you have discovered what you are like it's the entire learning to learn thing it's going to plague you for the rest of your life yep <laughs> do you know what you're good at have you learned what you are good at yet no. have you learned what would make you better at that thing that you were good at no well i'm telling you sharing is one of the things that will make you better at anything it it, it has the requirement of knowing how to share which can be hard and distracting and annoying um but it does enhance the thing that you are sharing because now suddenly you have to clean yourself up like if you wanted to share and it required you to to you know dress well right or have a schedule or something like that 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 all those requirements become a beneficial side effect to you wanting to pursue streaming for example or whatever um and that's uh that's so i could get into a relationship commentary on that because as soon as there's another person in your life that you care about enough there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you end up working on i know men are like this i don't know i don't know that or how if there's a female perspective on that um but uh, i know for men there, there's an old there's a it's a particularly poignant little meme where it's a picture of a toilet and and it's uh there's a circle around one of the like lug nuts tying the thing down to the floor and uh, it the picture says ladies if this if this part of the toilet is clean he really likes you and it's true <laughs> like you might keep your fork your floor clean in your bathroom hopefully and around your and the toilet itself clean and there's this this little maybe it's got a plastic cap on it nut and you'd have to take a toothbrush around the little edges of it to get to get it actually clean and that's the kind of thing that a man would do to to like just make everything just so so he's eliminating embarrassment he's not like trying to impress her necessarily he's there's like a minimum standard that he will hold himself to to bring a woman into his life so if he likes a woman he'll there ends up being all of these requirements that end up just happening right so so as soon as soon as you get a a, a roomba like a little vacuum that runs around cleaning up after you suddenly there's the requirement of you picking up all the stuff off your floor so that it can actually clean properly and getting all the wires tidied out and, and all this kind of stuff as soon as you introduce one thing all of these other dependencies just kind of show up 
And when you when you like the one thing, then all these other things become really easy to do. So if you like the streaming, all these other requirements like a schedule or like dressing well or like practicing your speaking or whatever, all those things become obvious and they become uh, just a little easier than if you were to do them on their, on their own. You need to work on your public speaking. Well, it's one, th like I know I could introduce you to a local club where you would go up and you would do, you practice speeches up in front of a group and stuff like that. It's what they do, right? So they can help and all this kind of thing. It's one thing to do that. And yeah, that would work, but that would be a pain. It would I be annoying. About it. Yeah. But I mean, like, eh, I guess. Or if you did something else that you really liked that had that as a requirement, even if it's just like a little enhancement on the side, like uh, making instructional videos or something like that. And you had all the time in the world and it wasn't in front of an audience. You know, you, you could record and re-record and edit after the fact. You can do all this kind of stuff. And maybe that would make it a lot easier. But because you're pursuing that primary task, the, de the dependency of knowing how to talk um, becomes a lot easier. You don't even have to put that on your to-do list. It just, it's right there as soon as you're, as you're motivated to pursue that primary goal. Everything else happens. So you, know, you fall in love with that primary thing, and, and sooner or later you find yourself cleaning your bathroom properly. And it's just, it's just the way it's just the way it is, and I don't. I think that's pretty universal to all people. Um, so I don't know that there's some unique advice that would apply like to you particularly. But generally speaking, um, generally speaking, um, you just need to identify the things you like and and quote just do it and just idly pursue it in your spare time and then identify all these other little things and kind of gently improve those two and identify something fairly large that has has these weird dependencies and it motivates you to do all these other things which all have their own side benefits like going to bed on a schedule has a lot of requirements and a lot of benefits you wouldn't know if you didn't do that kind of thing um okay so i mean i suppose we can switch to some other topic um got another what 20 minute stretch yeah another yeah. 20 minutes so what is there to talk about really um we talk about video games mm, and let's not this time oh you don't want to talk about video games this time we talk about the industry. I, I'm not even part of it as much. No, well, you don't pay attention to the news, though, do you? No. Are you uh, excited about some upcoming game yet? Is there anything anymore? Like, you've been let down by too many game devs. <laughs> are uh, you still? Oh, wait, are what? you still dumb enough to pre-order? I am. I'm gonna pre-order. So my stance on pre-ordering right now is you really shouldn't do it unless you want to support or support or you trust the company 
that put it out. Mm-hmm. In which case, there's only two right now, but the one of them is me just... Let's see what they're coming out with first, and if is, is the stuff look nice? Sure, why not? If it doesn't, then no, I can't be bothered. But the other one is... Um, uh, you've pretty sure... I hope you've heard of it. It's uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, I've heard of it. <laughs> So normally I haven't really been paying attention to games and such, but that's the amount of detailed and things that they say you could do on top of on top of what some people have already gotten like access their hands on for a few hours, like the free, really yeah some people have gotten four hour access to it. So you'd have to hunt around for the videos and hear what they take on it, but for one scenario, they they outlined it six times, or they had not outlined, but one scenario could happen. The ending could happen in six ways, essentially. Or not. There's six scenarios to one situation. Okay, that's cool. Um. I mean, replayability, right? Yeah, replayability, and I was talking with a friend, so him and I would do, like, simultaneous stream and see how the outcome is different from both of us, because it's going to be... Well, you'd both... The thing is, you'd both progress at different paces, which might be a problem for syncing. Well, it's not that. It's like finding out... It's like... It's literally like a separate, separate timeline. Yeah. Or universe. Because you start out the same way, but you branch out and end off differently. Yeah. Literally in the phrase of one, the phrase of like, this universe, you could be good, or that universe, you could be an asshole, or this person could have died early on, which affected things down the line. Mm hmm. So you're thinking of pre ordering that? Yes. So I, I remember there was some drama because they. They were showing stuff, but they had nothing gameplay related. They had so. a video. They had a. They had a. Tra- they had a animated trailer. Which. <laughs> but they had Keanu. <laughs> no, it was before then. It was just a concept trailer, but oh. it looked really nice. So I was like, okay, it's on my radar. It's just I'm not going to pre order it or anything, but it's on my radar. And then yep. as they put more stuff and more things out and can't. During the E3 presentation, where Keanu Reeves was the speaker for it, it was very nice. <laughs> and, I, and they memed him. Um, yeah, you're pretending. I, but you would you would pre-order if it came out with something physical, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's a bit of a con, though, because it used to be a. Yeah, they used to be, to be nice. something. And then looking like, at past me is like, why did I even want this at this point? Well, it's <laughs> I've seen you know you get these like professional nerds on YouTube that have these walls set up with with all their toys, and <clears throat> I just see that as fake, that they've just got mementos of whatever the heck, um, and they're trying to trying to flex, and. I can see that kind of stuff 
as what you would why you would pre-order for all these doodads that you put up on your wall but i i mean i don't i mean my personal philosophy is i tend to not like objects so i tend to not have stuff around unless it has an actual purpose oh. so i've got books as art in the library technically but they're they're either books that i want to read or books that i'm collecting because I I want to read them or have read them and I'm not letting them go. Um, so, but for things like models and miniatures and little bits of art, I've got doodads, I suppose, but they're like doodads for the sake of just being doodads. Like I've got a bookend that's uh, it's made of uh, stone and stone and brass. And it's like a little piece of art. So I've got art for art's sake, but pre-order garbagey plastic models and stuff is just so tacky. It's just childish. So I don't particularly like that kind of thing. Just childish. Well, it is. I mean, at some point, you've got to... Well, the phrase is... is um, oh, you have the to old and the new... Oh. You have to put down your toys. Like, at some point, and we've got a generation of people that have never done that. I guess, like, I, yeah, and well, I think that, that I haven't, I don't have this saying as much, I don't get to say this as much, but one of my most favorite sayings is, um, growing old is mandatory, growing up isn't. Or stupidity can't be patched. Um, the that is an incredibly so the first one at least that is an incredibly first world perspective that we can no longer afford. Um, the the thing is, childhood is new. Like that's not a normal human thing. This weird childhood thing. Like we started making making stuff up that was it was and these these ideas were passed over like passed on by and sometimes forced by people who had too much money and not enough sense so for example the the idea that children shouldn't be employed right it's the old oh think of the children it's okay well, yeah okay fine let's and children shouldn't shouldn't work they should be going to school and it's always these rich people that are detached from civilization who decide these these things well at the time what that meant was that families would would be extra poor because their children couldn't work right that's why employment exists and there could be perfectly valid reasons and i don't really need to talk about them that that are child labor is something that we don't like that's part of our culture now I'm, I don't care. I'm not commenting on that. I'm fine with that. But um, but this childhood thing where children are shielded from the real world, we don't even, we modify our language so that they, they don't experience real life until later. And then it's edgy to use the bad words and stuff like that. And they're so coddled that they, that they grow up and there's a momentum from how they were handled, how they were talked to, talked down to, 
that continues on until like you got university students who play pretend like that's mom's house. It's like that I'm 18 years and one day for the hangover and then life's hard. And if, if their dad didn't prepare them for that life, then it's just a busted person. And you can't have a person that's in university or out of university who's, who acts like they did when they were in high school. Like if an adult acts like they did when they were in high school before they retire, there's a problem because the, that person's not going to like, you're not going to be happy. You personally are not going to be happy um, maintaining what you had in the past when you were young, because that's not, uh, you can't survive on that. Right. So again, I say it's first world because you got to be rich. You got to be well off and in a, in a civilization that is well off in order to afford being, having toys, for example, or having spare time junk hobbies that don't lead to employment, for example. Um, and you can maintain the fiction that it's possible to keep that for as long as possible. But at some point you have to be in the real world at some point, you know, long-term career after career and, you know, maybe married with kids. Right. And all of those things will be very heavily damaged or stunted by maintaining the personality that one, one had in grade school or something like this. So it's, it's there is i mean i mean having said that i'm going to I'll go through another perspective which is um there is a perspective of wisdom that talks about maintaining it's not being aloof it's not being detached in any sense but there is a notion of childishness in a certain kind of exploratory sense of, and it's not childishness in where it's a child avoiding being an adult, right? Whatever the heck those things are. It's a childishness in the, the open to um, experience sense. So there is this notion of the wise man who still got the heart of a child who still sees the world in a certain way, who still you know, has this kind of innocent love of things. Um, but that is not the same as maintaining the kind of childhood that, that was presented when young, like that personality has to go away with only certain core, um, core values from it kept. So core benefits, let's say. Um, and if that's around and if that's oppressive and if that's more than a hobby, um, then that's going to damage the, the ability to shift over from that into the being able to provide for yourself or for a family or for whatever the heck. So for example, um, we've got people that go from childhood and that childhood is maintained way too heavily into high school. And then it's maintained and assumed in university and they come out and they're still not grown up. 
and they're now not equipped to be the kind of person that would be able to get the kind of career that would pay off the debt that they just got from university. And because they, they're now kind of having to raise themselves because they're you know, 21 or something, right? They're out of university. Um, because they're that age and they're still, and now they're pushed out of the house, they still have a lot of that left and no, and now they have to raise themselves or they go to the internet and the internet helps raise them or whatever the heck. And they cling to everything they know. And the skill sets that they have, the personality that they have doesn't make up for the damage from not being raised into an adult from between nine and 12 up until 18 is when a, when a youth should be hardened up to be more and more adult over the years. And then definitely adult getting into university or, or the person should fail. It's like, what? sorry, university isn't, isn't mom's place. Um, and a person should come out of university if they even go to university, which most people should not. Um, cause it's a trap, um, and come out and be hardened and already looking at a career because that's the decision they made going in and too much of the childhood being kept is devastating to the person coming out. So you end up with a person who is now going to be a slave that has to take a lower end job because they don't have the skills to go after the kinds of jobs that they could have if they had the, the adultishness. And they've got all the burden of this previous debt and they've been pushed out of the home because they're so they're too old quote unquote they're too old so they're pushed out but and then they have to raise themselves badly because they don't know how because they're not adults and whatever is presented i because i ranted about this last show whatever is presented online is not adult it's something else it has adults but it has adults playing a game all with masks on being someone else in some other space and that's not how you learn to be an adult this is why the adulting um youtube channels and stuff like that have so much popularity people actually talking like adults about adult things it's fascinating to people that have never experienced that because their parents never did it um so no if you talk about maintaining childness um that's bad there's a place for that to be a part of um, hobby time, but not that personality goes away most of the time. Like your alarm goes off. I don't know why the snooze exists. Just get out of bed. Like I, it, I've never used the snooze. I mean, I tried it a couple of times, like literally maybe a couple of times over the decades. I don't understand snoozes. It makes no sense. Perhaps it's because I'm a light sleeper. I get it. But as soon as I'm awake, I'm awake. And that's an example of like, just get on with your day. Like what? Um, hitting the snooze is, is, is giving up already before you've even gotten out of bed. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm done with my rant and I think we're out of time. Are we not? Uh, technically, technically, well, I'm yeah, surprised that... you didn't say we can be. Um, well, it's so... either here or 
Yes, mm-hmm. this is the end of the session unless you want to keep going. Okay, so let's end it here. So uh, it is Wednesday today, so we're going to be back next Sunday, as usual. We should probably talk about the date and the episode number at the beginning of the next show. Um, so, And maybe that can be part of the title card or something like that. And maybe we shouldn't have said... Oh. Hmm? Okay, so... And it's maybe... Hmm? Yeah, it's okay. And maybe the title card can have the date and episode number and stuff like that. So you're going to have those as to-do items for before next Sunday. So please do write that down. And, oh, we've got somebody who just dropped by at the last moment. So I'll see you on uh, see Sunday. Anyone. What do you mean somebody that just dropped by the last moment? Oh, the, the number of viewers just updated now, oh. which is kind of funny. Yeah, it updates and then it just goes down. I don't understand. I don't think Twitch is accurate. I don't think it's trying very hard. No, okay, so... it's like periodic updates, I think. Yes, I agree. It's too periodic. It's suspicious. Okay, so I will uh, we'll do the next show on Sunday. Okay. Uh, anybody who's still listening, thank you very much.